0: Welcome back to another episode of Fig and Farm at Home. I'm so glad you're here. This one, I'm gonna give you a cautionary tale here. You might need to grab a notebook. I say this every time, because maybe you take notes. If you're driving, of course, press record. Re-listen to it. I don't know. Whatever you do, but you're going to want to listen to these tips, because I have a feeling some of what I'm going to say is going to resonate with you. It is also probably going to hit some of you pretty hard. And before I dive into what I am about to share, I want to explain what happens if it does hit you hard, if it makes you feel prickly. You know, like when you get that tough love, that talk from the coach who's telling you, buck up, buttercup, because you need to just work a little harder? That one. We're going to have that conversation today. And it is a conversation that I think think a lot of home decorators skip over. It's a conversation we've had before, but it's not one that we land on too often. But something happened this week. It happened a conversation with a client that got me thinking, this is a message that needs to be known. Are you curious? All right, grab a notebook, grab a pen, grab something cozy, because what we're going to talk about is a little bit uncomfortable. And I will see you in a minute. Enjoy today's show. where we design happy living and where it doesn't have to be perfect to be beautiful. Oftentimes when I'm meeting with a client for the first time, they have a story to share. Sometimes their stories are about the frustration of not living in a home that they would love to be living in or the barrier that has kept them stuck all this time. Sometimes those barriers or those things that have kept them stuck are inherited pieces of furniture that they're really not loving, but they don't know how to let it go, or they don't know how to incorporate it into design. Sometimes these stories involve the idea that they're just realizing, their eyes are being opened to the idea that their homes don't look and feel cohesive, that their homes don't feel the way that they want them to feel, or they don't function the way they want them to function. Sometimes the stories include revelations of finally, I am in a space where I can afford a real couch. I don't have to have the futon. I don't have to have the hand-me-down couch. I don't have to still rely on that thing I bought just after we got married. And they're ready for change and they're excited for it. Some walk into it with a little bit of trepidation because they don't really know what to expect. And the idea of doing a lot of work or spending a lot of money is, can be terrifying. Side note, it doesn't always have to be that way. (laughs) But here's the story that just came to me this week. And it's a story that I think might resonate with some of you. It is a story, something that as she was sharing, I could feel all the feels. And I wonder if you might feel it too. And if you don't, consider yourself blessed. But if you do, you might respond one of two ways. You might respond, oh my gosh, I'm in the same place. Yes, I, I would love that help too or you might respond with a little bit of prickliness you might respond with the idea of maybe i don't know i don't know if you'll feel judged but i definitely don't want you to feel judged but i do think that some people are going to respond with a an inkling of the arrow being pointed back at them and if that is you I want you to dive into that just a little bit more because there is a reason that, feeling, that you're feeling that feeling. I want you to dive into that and ask yourself the hard questions. Why am I feeling this way? It's not because Danny's sharing this message because there are thousands of people who are sharing the same message. It's not because Danny is saying, oh, look, you, what, what are you doing? It's not because Danny is doing that. That is absolutely not the point of my message here but I wonder if it is a soft spot that maybe that arrow pointing back has hit something that is a little bit tender. And that tenderness is something that I hope will encourage you to make change, that I hope will encourage you to take the steps that I'm sharing today to help you get out of the frustration and the overwhelm and the disappointment even of what I'm about to share that my client shared with me. So, I had been hearing about this prospective client for, I think, probably about a month or two, or maybe even more. She is a friend of a friend who I helped years ago. And one day I was meeting the friend at church. I was just chatting. How are you? What's going on? And she said, you know, I gave your name to one of my friends who would love some help. Okay, awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. And then silence for how many months did I count? A lot of time and then I saw her again about two months ago you know my friend is going to call you okay awesome thank you thank you so much silence and nothing and nothing and then finally the Sunday when I saw her at church again she said you know my friend is at her wits end she is definitely going to call you okay awesome thank you thank you very much (laughs) and the phone call finally arrived and it was from this friend of a friend who was finally at her wits end She was ready for change in her home. She is ready for change in her home, and she doesn't know where to start. She has a beautiful vision for what she wants her home to look and feel like, and there are physical things that are keeping her stuck and keeping her frustrated and keeping her overwhelmed, and she showed me. We hopped on FaceTime, and she showed me around, and she said, you know, I really would love a little bit more of an organized system here and a little more efficiency there and showing me different spaces within her home. And as she was showing me these spaces, she was sharing with me how frustrating it is to have so much stuff. To have so much stuff that everywhere she looks is visual chaos. Those are my words, not hers, but that is what that was. And There there are so many barricades that kept her from enjoying her time at her house, that kept her from enjoying the space that she literally built from scratch. This stuff that is falling out of closets or spilling over into the living room or dumping into the office space that was never intended to be, but now is. And as she's showing me this space, she's pinpointing a few things of what she hopes to have happen. She hopes to have a little bit more organization, a little bit more flow, a little, a system to help keep it that way. And, and then the beautiful thing on top of it. And she asked if I would be able to help. She has no idea where to start. And I said, of course, I'm happy to help you, but let's talk about something a little bit tricky. And you know where this conversation's going because you've heard me say it before, but the tricky part isn't in what color we paint the wall. The tricky part isn't how we rearrange the furniture. The tricky part isn't what side table we buy or the rug size that we're choosing. The tricky part was identifying that the thing that is keeping her home from feeling the way she wants it to feel is all the stuff. That's the tricky part. I shared last year with you how years ago, and and still now, when my space feels congested, when it feels too much, when stuff is spilling over into other areas of the home that it just doesn't belong, when I am stepping over boxes and putting aside piles and embarrassed to open my front door to my friend who I'm expecting to see or maybe not expecting to see, that is problematic. And that feeling of drowning in your stuff is very, very real. That feeling of overwhelm because you have too much stuff and you keep moving it from place to place and you keep thinking you're organizing, but actually you're just moving it from place to place. That role is not one that is enviable. You are a stuff manager and stuff then has taken over. It has taken over in a way that commands your time and attention, where your time and attention should be spent elsewhere. Your time and attention should be spent instead of stepping over all the piles and constantly fighting with the system of laundry that is not the laundry, but it's just a frustration. That is, it's overwhelming. And the thing about that is there is a solution for that. And before we even start to make things beautiful in our home, before we even start to address how to make things pretty, how to make things cohesive and flow together, we really need to back up to the base of the mountain and we need to talk about the stuff and how we manage the stuff. So we're going there today. That's what we're doing. And I want you to get out a piece of paper. And if you don't get out a piece of paper, that's fine. I want you to visualize something for me. Maybe you like candy corn. Do you like candy corn? I love candy corn and I don't at the same time. I just, it's a vice and I shouldn't like it, but I do. (laughs) But I want you to picture those cute three little layers. The, what is it? The white, the orange, the yellow. But here's the thing with candy corn. That orange section is really too big. It's too big. Imagine that orange section being as big as the white, the base, and the white being much bigger like the orange. Here's what I'm getting at. Draw a triangle and make it look like a candy corn. But the bottom of that triangle is going to have a big base. And then the middle one is going to have a littler base. And then the tip top is just a teeny tiny little point, kind of like the tip of a pencil. Are you picturing that? Okay, good. Now I'm gonna label that. I want you to label what it is we're going to do. That teeny tiny little tip, that is the tip That is all of the stuff I've been sharing with you over the course of the last year. How to choose the right rug size, how to hang the gallery wall, what colors are going to make a beautiful palette, how to create that cohesive palette, where to buy the things, how to save the money, all those. That is the beautiful part. Those are the tips that I hope that you're able to use as you create a home that tells your story with your style. That teeny tiny little tip at the top. That's the decoration, that's the decor. That is the, wow, your home looks pretty. That's it right there. Underneath it, in that other little section, that other little section is the organizing. It is, it's the organizing, it's the tidying, it's the things that have a space and they, they don't have to be beautiful looking, but they can. But that's the part that is, things belong where they belong. My husband used to tease me all the time about having, everything needs to have a space. Yep, uh-huh, they do. He used to tease me too when I would tell him, hey, listen to my dream. I dreamt that we were on vacation and we had only so many rooms and I was trying to figure out who's going to sleep in which room and which, that is organizing right there. <laughs> that kind of stuff makes me smile. I'm smiling right now as I'm sharing it. Not everyone is as inclined to organize as that. And that's okay. That's okay. It's teachable too. But down at the very bottom, that very bottom part before we can even ever organize. And then definitely before we can even ever decorate that part is the editing. It is. That is the, the thing that needs to happen before we start organizing before we then start decorating. We need to edit. We need to take a hard, ruthless, magnifying look at the things that are taking up space in our home. How much real estate are you allowing for clothes? How much real estate are you allowing for the paper spillage? How much real estate are you allowing for furniture even? It doesn't matter what noun you put at the end of that. How much space are you allowing for it? If you have a closet, for example, and your clothes don't fit in that closet, guess what? Yeah, I'm going to say it. You have too many clothes. <laughs> if you have a pantry and your and your food does not fit in the pantry, guess what? You have too much. If that is the case, if that is the case, if we have too much, if we know that whatever physical space, whatever square footage, whatever closet, whatever cubby, whatever room we have designated for each thing and it doesn't quite fit, we know that we have too much. So we cannot, if we are not able to address that, we are not able to organize. And if we're not able to organize, we can't keep things tidy. And if we can't do that, we can't make our homes pretty. Because no matter what color of paint you put on the wall, no matter how big your rug is or what armchair you have or what cute throw blanket you got from Home Goods, that is all going to still be in the backdrop of the issue that is keeping you from feeling settled in your home, and that issue is stuff. Okay, now, are we ready? Are we ready to dive in and get the three tips that I'm going to share with this client that I have already started sharing with this client so that we can move up that triangle from editing all the way to decorating. Are you ready? And if you are feeling like, yes, sister, you're saying, you're speaking my language, yes, I want to know, I want to know how to start. I hope these three tips help. There might be more than three. I hope they help for you. And if you need to book a call, that is a conversation we can have as well. But if you are feeling prickly, if you are feeling like that arrow is pointing back to you, to your soft spot, I want you to not throw the phone. Don't do that because you might be mad at me. And that's, that is okay. I am the, the I am just the messenger right? I'm just a messenger. I want you to make sure that you are sitting with and asking yourself the tough questions and saying, why, why is that making me feel so prickled? Why is that? And dive into that just a little bit. And then maybe you'll be ready to take the first three steps. Or maybe you want to have a conversation and say, I don't know why this is making me feel so pricky. Maybe it is. I don't know. You can book a call for that too. Okay, here we go. One of the things that we need to think about when we're editing, and I'm gonna give, I'm gonna keep it really simple because these things are going to help. I'm gonna give you the three S's today. When you are editing your stuff, when you've realized, oh my gosh, yes, I am living with too much stuff, I have too much stuff, I need to get rid of this stuff, I need to, because ultimately I have that vision for my home and my space that is just beautiful and I know that this stuff is in the way of it. The first thing I want you to do is I want you to start really small. Start incredibly small. You might start with a pantry. You might start with your closet. You might start with a bathroom cupboard. Wherever you are starting in order to edit, and by editing, I mean removing, I mean decluttering. You've heard me say too, I really prefer the word edit rather than declutter. Clutter has a very strong negative connotation for me because I grew up in a very cluttered home. I did. I grew up in a space where I definitely did not want my friends to come over. I definitely wanted to retreat to my own room. And I definitely missed opportunities, missed opportunities for hanging out with my family because the stuff was too much for me because I felt like I was drowning in the space and it wasn't even my stuff. It was too much and it was embarrassing. So clutter is not a word I like, but edit, I can do edit. And we are going to start with editing, but you're gonna start really small because what happens when you start small is you gain confidence, you feel successful, and you feel encouraged to keep going. I know if I'm going to sign up for that marathon, I am not going to just go buy the shoes and run the 26 miles. I'm not gonna do that. That would be so bad. My hips would be angry for days. They would. They would be cranky. They would be all kinds of wrong. And I know that for me, I would need to start really small. And for you too, we would need to take a look at all the different angles. We would need to take a look at what equipment we have. We would need to take about take a look at the routes we're going to run. We would need to take a look at the nutrition that's going to support our bodies as we do something really hard. We would need to take a look at how we're going to build that endurance and not just the running portion, but maybe even the strength portion, we would be taking a look at it from all angles. And that is the same as editing. You're going to be taking one tiny bite-sized piece because as you step out, you're not running the full marathon. The goal is not let's declutter our house or let's edit our house this weekend. That should not be your goal the goal is let's start small and maybe you are so motivated that that domino that of that place you just started is tipping over into the next place go for it keep going but you're you're starting with the idea that you are starting small so whatever that small is for you it literally could be a pantry maybe that's too big it literally could be one kitchen cupboard one kitchen drawer one drawer in your bedroom start small so that you do not add to the overwhelm, because right now you are already overwhelmed. You're already frustrated with the idea that you need to get rid of stuff and you don't know where to start. So here's your ticket. Start small. Now, when you start small, the second S is to start with your stuff. Okay. I learned the hard way on this and I, you know, my kids still remind me but one time they were at grandma's, you know where this is going. <laughs> they were at grandma's for the week and I got, I got the itch, I got the bug. I hated going into their bedroom because it felt like I was stepping into a toy war zone. Every toy would be littered on the floor, every book, every well, not really every, I mean, I've seen worse, but there, it was just a lot, it was just a lot. And, you know, telling a kiddo, to put it back where it belongs, that's fine. But go back to this idea of if they don't have the space to put it back, it doesn't mean I'm going to go buy another shelf. It doesn't mean I'm going to go buy another basket. It doesn't mean I need to go buy the cute little organizing drawer. It means that there's too much stuff to have a home. And so as my kids were visiting grandma i decided that there were a few things that they probably didn't need now i did get away with quite a bit and i don't say this with pride i i do i do still have my tail between my legs for this but i did get away with getting rid of several pieces of their things clothing that didn't fit they wouldn't have cared so i feel okay about that papers that were actually garbage things that needed to be put back that belonged maybe in the kitchen or somewhere else in the home And then I moved into their personal things, the things that mattered, the things that mattered to them that I didn't know mattered to them, the stuffed animals. (laughs) How many stuffed animals do you have in your home? Oh my goodness, there are times when I go in and I tuck Charlie in and I think, where are you, kiddo? You're up here somewhere, but I see panda, I see orangutan, I see dinosaur, I see, oh, there's another dinosaur. Where's Charlie? (laughs) And I, I touched the forbidden zone and I have not lived it down yet. They still remind me. They don't, when they go to grandma's now, they don't say, hey mom, don't touch my stuff. But I've learned my lesson because there were tears. There were tears and there, were, there was frustration and there was, you know, I, I lost a little bit of trust that day and I don't want that for you either. So as you are starting and you're starting small, make sure you're choosing things that are familial or yours. And what I mean by familial, so if you're in the pantry, unless that can of peanut butter really matters to your kiddo or your husband, it's okay. It's okay. You can donate it to the food bank or get rid of it if it is expired. Or, you know, that crock pot, that crock pot that actually, you know, you have two of those and now you have an Instapot, so maybe you don't need the crock pot, that one maybe he's never even touched it, you probably, that could be an okay thing, right? Those are the familial things I'm talking about. But if he has a workstation, if he has a tool station, if he has a book collection that he has been hanging on to, let it be. Because chances are what's going to happen is your kiddos and your your family, the people you share your space with, they are going to see the trickle-down effect. They are going to see the things that are now available in their site that weren't there before. They're going to see that actually the couch, we can sit on it, because now there are not piles and piles of laundry or too many pillows or all the pumpkins that are congesting the way to the couch. Or the playroom that is now, the games have been reduced just a little bit because we got rid of all the baby ones and the baby ones, our babies are now 12. We've gotten rid of the things that, that are now creating space for life to happen. Because remember, your homes are a living, breathing canvas for storytelling. That's what they are. Your homes are meant to be lived in, to share space with the people that you love and If you don't have space to do that, both time-wise and physical space-wise, that needs to change. So start with your stuff, and that will trickle down into um, motivation for others. They'll start seeing, oh my gosh, I didn't know I had this. Or, oh my gosh, wow, finally I can sit at the dining room table to do my homework instead of, I don't know, in the corner of the couch, Finally, it is easier for me to set the table because the craft stuff, it's not spilling over into this area anymore. Open your ears to those little things. Open your eyes because you will hear little comments. I guarantee it. So start small and start with your stuff and the familial things, the things that are not attached to one human. Okay, the third S is to sell. Okay, and now I'm going to just say urge. Nope, don't sell the stuff. Don't do it. Don't go through all your stuff. You're starting small. You're going through. You've done the pantry. You've done the kitchen cabinets. You've done the bathroom. You've started so small. You're feeling so good. Each domino is leading to another, and you are motivated, and now you're in your bedroom. And as you're in your bedroom, you're working on your closet. You're working on your dresser, and you think, oh my gosh, well, this was really expensive. This was from Lululemon, or this was from... I don't know where you fancy pants people shop. I, I'm, I'm on a budget and I like Target. <laughs> Wherever those things are and you think, I have spent money on this. Yeah, you did. You did. And it, look how cute you were in that one picture, that one time or that one date night. And you are thinking, I can recoup the money if I sell it. Do you know what's going to happen? Let me tell you, sister, this is a hard talk conversation today let me just tell you, you're going to put a big pile of all the things you want to sell and you're going to put it, guess what? In the corner of your closet. You're going to put it maybe in the corner of your office, maybe the corner of your garage, and you are going to trip over that pile. And that pile, because you were motivated, you are getting rid of stuff and it's going off of your hangers now into the pile on the floor. But you know, you think I'm going to get rid of that pile. I'm going to sell that pile. I'm going to recoup the cost so that maybe I can buy the cute organizers. Is this your train of thought? Yeah. But you are going to trip over those things over and over and over, and it's going to cause you more frustration. And the longer you see those piles sitting there, wherever that there is, guess what else is going to happen? Little fingers are going to go in and they're going to say, oh, that's Mom, that that cute sweater you had. Oh, Mom, why is that in here? Why is it not up here hanging in your closet? And those cute little fingers actually might not belong to a little one. They might belong to you because then you're going to start thinking, you know what? Actually, I did kind of like that sweater. Maybe I do want to keep it around for just a little bit longer. Maybe I should. Yep, I'm gonna get that one out and that is going to happen. Okay, so now what? (laughs) Here are two suggestions. One is, one is this, fill the bag and then immediately load it into your car and not just immediately load it into your car, but fill the bag, immediately load it into your car and then drive to the donation center. And if you know you can't do the donation center drive today, that's okay. Do it tomorrow. Make space in your calendar so that you can get it done. Give it to your husband so he can drop it off because goodwill is right on his way to work. Get it out. And if those clothes are going to someone, you know that all those clothes are your maternity clothes that are still hanging in your closet that you haven't worn for five years, those are still there, but your best friend is pregnant and you know she wants those, take them there then. Do it. Get it out right then because if they stick around any longer, they're going to creep right back into that space or be the pile that is still causing frustration. But what if you are thinking, but that is so much wasted money. It is so much wasted money. Remember this, okay? You are not wasting your money by giving it away. In fact, you're blessing so many others by giving it away. Think about all the times you've gone into Goodwill or thrift stores or wherever that secondhand store is. This is such a great outlet for people who just can't afford full full price. It just is. It's a great... A great way to clothe your family if you are living on a ginormous budget. This is how I was clothed when I was little. My mom would go to the thrift store and then she would go get the pants that were bell-bottoms. Bell-bottoms were not in fashion. Okay, friends, we're going to save that story for another day, but bell-bottoms were not in fashion when she picked those up for me. (laughs) Thankfully, she knew how to sew. She could take them in. But if you are thinking it's a waste of money, just remember who this is blessing. It is blessing a community that might not be like you. It is blessing a family that might not have the resources you have. And then the really hard truth is you're not wasting money by giving it away. You may have wasted it when you purchased it. And that might've happened a year ago, two years ago, three months ago, whenever it was that you purchased it, That was when the waste happened, if that is what we're categorizing it as. It's not happening in your generous donation. So, three S's to get you started, friend. Start really small so that you feel successful, feel confident, feel and see the change, and then take another step and go a little bit bigger do another area of your home, do another room in your home, do another drawer, another closet, but start small so you feel that success. The second one is start with your stuff. We don't want to overwhelm our family by this mission we're on. We don't want to overwhelm them, but we can encourage them through our own actions. And the third one is don't sell a thing. Just get it out. Donate it. And if you are, if you are just thinking, okay, fine, I'm you know what, I can't do that. I can't do that. I'm gonna sell it. Okay, that's fine. Here, this is your one last tip. If you are so inclined to sell the thing, put a one-week timer on it. That's it. You put it on Facebook Marketplace, on Craigslist, on OfferUp, on wherever it is you put it on. You're safe about it, of course, and then you just give it one week. And if it doesn't sell, guess what, friend, put it in that bag and get it out. Okay? put that time limit on, that time limit is going to be your friend. I hope that was encouraging for you as you are looking at the stuff that sometimes keeps you stuck, as you are wondering where on earth do I start and how do I move forward so that I can get to the tippy top of that triangle so that I can make the home pretty and not be a stuff manager. If you want more tips or if you want help working side by side with you, reach out. You can book a call and I'll put that link in the show notes. And before I go, I want to remind you that tomorrow is the end of the registration. If you are hosting for Thanksgiving and you are wanting to create a beautiful tablescape for your Thanksgiving table, I encourage you to come join me and I encourage you to come join me for a live one-hour workshop this Sunday. And if you are not able to make it live, that is absolutely fine. You can still register and you will get all the goodies. You'll get the replay of the video, the step-by-step directions, and the list of all the things that could possibly be used in order to make your table. Wonderful. A table that wows so that it, it accompanies all of the effort you're putting into the food you're creating, the menu you're planning, the people you're serving, and that can all be accomplished and accompanied with a table that wows. So, if you're interested, I will put the link in the show notes as well. Come on over, join us. We're going to have some fun and do some drawer prizes. And I hope you walk away with lots of encouragement for creating a table that wows. And the best part, You don't even have to say where you learned how to do it because friends are going to ask, hey, wow, what a beautiful table. (laughs) How did you do that? And you don't need to say. You can just say, oh, it was in my back pocket. I've known this all along. Wink, wink. All right, friends, until next time, I hope you are well and I will see you soon. Hey, real quick before you go, if you learned something new or found value in today's podcast, would you head over to iTunes to Fig and Farm at Home and leave a review and subscribe to the show? That would be awesome. And if you'd like to connect with my community of mamas who are learning to be intentional storytellers within their own homes, join us at bit.ly forward slash design 101 group. There's always more room at the table. See you soon.